0: Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. We live in a world of fees. Airlines, hotels, food delivery, and especially car dealers all charge excessive last-minute fees. When you want something badly enough, it feels like your only choice is to pay up. But what if you had a choice to take a stand instead? At Carvana, we believe in treating you better. With zero hidden fees, you can drive off without feeling ripped off. That's what it means to live feelessly with Carvana. It's
1: that Leo chico pit bull, Mr. 305, but I said, Mr. Worldwide, you already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast, From Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power.
0: Saturday morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Collider Mailbag. I am your host, John Roca. Joined this week by one of my favorite people in this business, in this industry, a guy who tells it to you straight. Uh, <laughs> this guy right here. Oh me. Yes, hey, oh. Adam Laback of Hyper Heroes. Right? Yeah, Is that correct? That's and uh, so much. I've been watching you with Edgar and uh, with. Uh, uh, oh shit! What's his name? Hector Nagy. Yeah. No, no, all together, the, the 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 different formations you guys have done, the different yeah. shows. It's always great informative content, uh, so thank I'm happy man. to have you on, man.
2: I'm so glad to be here. I was just telling you right before we started rolling, I was like, man, people keep asking me, when are you going to be on these select shows? Mike, just ask me. I'll be on these shows. I love doing this stuff. Yeah. This stuff to me is so fun, and <laughs> I love coming here to Collider to do stuff. I love doing the schmo down. Yeah. I'm so happy that, that you're having me on
0: the show today, yeah, so yeah, thank dude, you. Dude, I, I, w- you all are in for a treat. Adam is a fun guy to talk about stuff with, so uh, you know how this works. We get questions from you guys at Collider Video Fans, uh, and I get a, c- a call about 20 to 25 five of those questions, send them off to my guest. My guest picks out five that they really want to talk about, and then we talk about them on the show. And I think we've got some great ones, and in the future when we put the posts out on social media on Twitter and on Instagram, look for them, and then send your questions in. Make sure you put that hashtag Collider Mailbag, so it makes it easier for me to find, and maybe you don't like social media, you can email <laughs> us. That's Mailbag at Collider.com. I also ripped through a bunch of those to pick out some really good ones, so let's get to it. Our first question comes from Instagram, and that's Nathan underscore Ridley asks, Hi, John, and insert guest. That's Adam Leibach. Hello. <laughs> here, here comes the obligatory Star Wars question. What kind of role do you, expect, do you expect Palpatine will be playing in The Rise of Skywalker, for example, large or small, alive or dead, helper or hindrance to the First Order, etc.? Thank you so much for all the enjoyable content. Adam, what do you think Palpatine will be doing? Uh,
2: first of all, thank you for the question. Uh, lots of great questions. Yeah. Um, I really wanted to talk about this question because I... I don't necessarily want to go into episode nine thinking or blowing out of proportion how much Chief Palpatine will be a part of this movie. Yes. I really only think that he's going to be a part of one major sequence. It'll probably be somewhere in the second or third act. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily think that he's going to come back in physical form. Like, I think Mm -hmm. he will come back in some sort of spirit form. And I think it could possibly be something that is going to deal with Rey's trials, her final trials Mm -hmm. to really... Become whatever the thing that she becomes, which I know we're going to talk about in a later question. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't think he's going to play a role in the sense, I don't think we're going to see Sheev Palpatine with a lightsaber in physical form trying to take on Rey. I think it's going to be a lot of mind manipulation, Mm -hmm. similarly to what we saw him doing with Ezra in Star Wars Rebels. Oh, yeah. So I think that's sort of more of the role. It's going to be a physical, I think it's going to be more of a a presence, Mm -hmm. a force presence but I don't know if it's going to be something where he's going to be integral to the story in terms of, like, the Emperor survived the the, the destruction of the second Death Star. We have to go after him. We have to kill him. Right. I could be completely wrong. Maybe he does, or maybe he's a clone, or maybe some other crazy force thing he was able to, you know, I don't know, bring himself back to, to life from the dead. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I really am afraid of people, and myself included, going to the movie thinking, like, Ian McDermott's going to be a a supporting character in this movie and playing the Emperor again. Like, I don't necessarily want to. I want to go into it thinking like he's going to be some small thing in the background Mm -hmm. that's going to be a big part of Ray's story, but isn't necessarily going to affect the entire overall story of the whole movie. I don't
0: disagree with you. I think that's the thing that keeps coming back to me. I think the trailer betrayed to us what role Palpatine's going to have. And by that, I mean it's a small part of the trailer. So he will be integral, but he will not be a huge part, I don't think, of Episode nine. I uh, was kicking around ideas of, oh, the Force Ghost, blah, blah, blah. People are like, well, does this mean Luke can come back in some way? I'm like, the Jedi's don't want to hold on to life. That's not their whole thing. The Dark Forces do, because they want to be able to influence things and destroy things for for decades and generations. So I think he'll be in some form. I read a great uh, uh, Reddit post that drove me insane, this idea (laughs) that uh, it's actually uh, 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 Plagueis, who has attacked himself to the Death Star and, ha- and had been manipulating Palpatine this whole time and then used Palpatine mm-hmm. to, ma- to create a clone of Snoke. And then Snoke has been training uh, Kylo so that he can take oh so that Plagueis in the long run can take over Kylo. And then Kylo will be the ultimate badass and be influenced by Plagueis from beginning to end. And then Rey will bring in the old Jedi Masters to fight him. So I, I don't know, but I think I agree with you, this idea that it's a Force-esque. Yeah. Not necessarily in physical embodiment.
2: Yeah, and I think I think that's a really cool theory. I think the problem that you run into is Plagueis is a character that nobody outside of Star Wars yes, lore knows. Absolutely. You know, like general movie going audiences don't understand that character. So then you then you're stuck, then JJ's stuck having to tell sort of the backstory of who Darth Plagueis mm-hmm. is. And we got a little bit of it in episode three, but you can't assume that everyone has seen episode three, or right. you can't assume that everyone's gonna binge watch these movies before they see episode nine. Idiots like me will, <laughs> and I'm gonna love it. Well it's kind of her job. Wow, I mean, it's good. kind of our job to do it, so I'm <laughs> gonna do it no matter what. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think you're... I think bringing in that sort of deep deep cut Star Wars lore and for a lot of people they might say like that's not deep cut. I'm like for a mo- general movie going on it's just, oh, it yeah. kind of is. Yeah. Um, so that, that would be amazing if they did some sort of crazy generational Sith mm-hmm. Sith uh, I don't know some sort of like crazy passing of the torch but yeah, yeah I, I think I think it's going to be more of like a force essence and I think I think Luke will come back as a force yes. ghost. Yes. I think they're going to get themselves into a desperate situation and I think the narration in the trailer is new dialogue I don't think it's yeah, from no. The Last Jedi. I don't think yeah, yeah. Um, so I think he's going to come in and have sort of a presence, and I think Palpatine's presence will have some sort of an impact on mm-hmm. Luke coming back into the story as a Force Ghost.
0: Yeah, and I think it is not from Last Jedi because Luke actually wants to help. Yeah, so yeah. That's different from <laughs> Last Jedi. So, all right, Adam, what's our next question, question
2: number two? Mm-hmm. Let me pull it up here really quick. Yeah. Um, so. I, I was just I feel like I was unslotted with all these questions and it was really it was truly really hard to, to try to pick five out of yeah. the 20 that you sent me mm-hmm. uh, but this second question comes from Instagram from the underscore real Arab underscore Pierre who asked what needs to happen in Endgame in order for it to get the same awards treatment hashtag Oscars that the return of the King received if that franchise could get rewarded for three movies surely the MCU could, should, should also get rewarded for its 22 movies also RDJ for best actor calling it now.
0: (laughs) Calling it now. Calling it now. When it happens, they'll give it to him. Uh, I I don't think it's going to happen because of the bias against comic book Mm -hmm. movies. Uh, You know, I think it'll get technical achievement awards for the Oscars. Absolutely. But look at the films that were nominated recently. It's almost an afterthought that these characters are uh, superheroes, right? Mm -hmm. Black Panther is about the father-son thing and about becoming king and what to do when you're king. Oh, and he's also Black Panther. Mm -hmm. Logan. Logan, is. it wasn't on his best picture, but certainly the screenplay Logan is more of a Western where he happens to be Wolverine. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think this is very central to being a superhero, these Avengers storylines. So I would be very surprised that it would be nominated. It doesn't have the same kind of regal uh, uh, attention that the Lord of the Rings got. It's not that old old Middle-earth, old-school stuff. So I don't think it will get the same attention, even though I would argue – it should. Yeah, I I think
2: I think you're completely 100% right and I think Hollywood loves their old school you know, Mm. their their, uh, period piece movies, even though Lord of the Rings is a fantasy, it still is a period piece of sorts. Um, And an epic. And an epic, yeah. And to be completely honest, I don't really think Marvel really cares that much. I think when (laughs) it does happen great, but like they make so much money at the box office and people just, they've won people over so much over the last 10 years that their trajectory is just constantly going up. That's all I think that they can ask and hope for. Every time I read an interview with Kevin Feige, the one thing, and and it really goes back to just how humble he is about this whole experience and this whole thing, is how he always from the beginning was just like, I just hope people love the characters. Mm. And the characters are what what are most important to me. And I hope people just love the movies and they love the journey that these characters go on. Look, I think that. In I don't know how many years, maybe a decade or so. Kevin Feige will get some sort of lifetime achievement award. Oh, sure. Whether it's from the Academy or any other uh, organization in Hollywood, he will, and I think he or has already gotten. I think one mm-hmm. might have been from the Producers Guild. I'm not sure, but I, I, I think that to me is is greater than any sort of singular Academy Award for one movie. The fact that Kevin Feige and his little team of people in a tiny little office in 2006, 2007 started planting the seeds and building the Marvel Cinematic Universe and not knowing if it was even going to succeed, but Mm -hmm. just like kind of throwing all their chips in and going, well, if it doesn't work, you know, Merrill Lynch will just take the properties, take all of our characters from us and we're kind of done. Yeah. Um, So they really like rolled the dice on a gamble. So whether or not, these movies individually get nominations. I don't think that is reflective of the impact that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has had in Hollywood, Mm. on comic books themselves, and also on comic book adaptations. Like, I mean, the Marvel... I mean, every studio is now trying to replicate a cinematic universe for better or for worse. Mm -hmm. And Marvel is the one that has consistently performed, like, done an incredible job telling stories. And even when they faltered with things, like, I don't like Thor The Dark World Mm. at all. But... Regardless of how that movie did, they are constantly moving forward. They're not letting Mm -hmm. that get in the way of them telling their overarching story. So I don't know. I think like... An Oscar would be cool for something like Infinity War. I think you're right. I think technical achievements. Mm. I think these superhero movies will always get some sort of a technical nomination. Yeah. Uh, Black Panther being one of the only ones, the first one, that like has gotten a little bit more than that. Yeah. But you also have to remember that like the Dark Knight is also responsible for
0: a lot yeah. of that ha- happening. A- absolutely. So,
2: a- as much as the Academy likes to sort of be like, ah, these movies are silly there are very rare moments and rare opportunities where they do recognize the impact these movies have. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think Endgame, I think the real... Testament is going to be in 10, 15, 20 years, are we still talking about these movies? Yeah. And if we are, then those movies did their job. Yep. They told incredible stories, and it doesn't matter what sort of awards that they got, it's the impact that they made on culture
0: and on people. Yeah. I don't think I can add anything more to that. That's a perfect <laughs> answer, Adam. Let's move on to our third question. It's from Steve Calderon. It's an email. Hey, John and guest, what are thoughts of another Tomb Raider movie with Alicia Vikander returning as Laura Craft being developed? I enjoyed the movie that we got. Roke, I remember from your review with Perry that you didn't like the reboot as much in your- Your opinion, what should the filmmakers do or not do in the sequel with the story and the Croft character to make this a better movie if it happens? Adam. Uh, so you were not a fan of the reboot. I was not an f- overall fan okay. of the reboot. I had some issues with it. I think sure. the candor was good, yep. but I thought the overall story seemed a bit shoved in and ham-handed rather mm. than uh, rather than actually laid out as an origin story. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah I, I actually,
2: surprisingly, I really liked that movie. Okay. I, I went into it with very low expectations. Mm. Only thing that I had hoped for was like, well, I hope it's just like a really fun adventure that I'm sort of invested in. If I'm not necessarily invested in all the characters, as long as Lara for the most part kind of works for me, mm-hmm. I can kind of to get past all the other all the other things that don't work because i went into it thinking like it's a it's an adaptation of a video game yeah and historically those have never really been that great and i was sort of willing to go in there like okay cool just make it fun and make it enjoyable if i like alicia vikander as Lara croft then you've kind of won me over and hopefully if it does well enough that for the sequel mm-hmm. you'll really start to figure out how to tell a better story so I think that would be sort of my biggest ask is keep the adventure keep the fun let's explore a little bit more let's get a little more depth with Lara Croft in terms of her as a character yeah and let's set her off on some really really fun adventure in a new destination this one felt really Indiana Jonesy to me mm-hmm. in terms of also its setting let's see if we can do something I, I feel like a lot of these adventure movies tend to do like desert or forest like tropical yeah. sort of a setting let's go into let's do something like National Treasure to me is fun because it's like oh we're going through cities and we're trying to find treasures along the way and i, I would honestly i would like to get a female perspective on this mm-hmm. on this thing so if we could get you know someone who is like a patty Jenkins or a michelle mclaren or or a katherine bigelow someone of, of that or even someone brand new like i think that's yeah. there's also a really really great opportunity to look at the indie world and see what young up-and-coming female filmmakers are making and give them an opportunity because I guarantee you will find at least a handful who love Lara Croft as a character and love that video game and can say something really cool about it. And like I liked the father daughter relationship. Mm -hmm. I think you can also expand that a little bit with some more flashbacks or however you want to do it. Um, But I I would love to see it. If they did it, I would really, really like to see it.
0: Well, as of two days ago or three days ago from us recording this, Deadline announced that there is a sequel in the works uh, with them. Amy Jump is writing it. She's worked with Ben Wheatley. They've done Free Fire. Uh, she's also ah. done Kill List, a field in England, Sightseers, and High Rise. So it's happening. It cool. is happening. Alicia said she's excited to come back because of the, or I think they said that she's excited to come back mm-hmm. because of the attachment of Amy Jump. The first film was made for ninety four million. It made two hundred seventy four million. So it by, made some money by Hollywood standards. It made money. Yeah. You would like it to make more. So maybe in sure. the sequel, my suggestion, along with what Adam was saying, I will add on some more with Trinity. Trinity. I, me as a massive fan of those video games, I rarely play these games anymore more, but Tomb Raider, I always get that one and play it all the way to the mm-hmm. end. It's a great world full of fantastic characters and great adventures and some good villains. I would like to see more of Trinity come out in this, and that's that's what I thought was missing in the first movies. Walt Goggins, part of it, but how is he yeah. part of it? What's the backstory? Let's flesh that a little bit more and also include more of her team members. Yeah. That's what's great about Laura Croft, even in the, uh, the Angelina Jolie versions. Mm-hmm. She has team members helping right. her, and I think that would enrich the world uh, more in terms of uh, Tomb Raider. All
2: right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think, you know, I think the, the last thing really quickly is you're also setting it apart from Indiana Jones and Nathan Drake.
0: Yeah. In that world. Yeah. Make it Lara Uncharted, Croft. Yeah. Some people walk
2: out of it and it's like, oh, it's like Uncharted. It's like Indiana Jones. No, it's Lara Croft. It's Lara Croft so. Exactly. Yeah. What's our next question at? Uh, next question comes from Twitter at BadgerCheese84. I love that handle. Uh, <laughs> hashtag Clydermailbag. Doctor. Oh. Mr. Roka and Super Awesome <laughs> Guest. Damn, a doctor. Look Jesus. At you. Moving on up in life. Yeah. I just rewatched <laughs> the Back to the Future movies. Do you think a spinoff movie could work around the pre- around this? premise. A young, up-and-coming science kid finds the plans
0: for the time machine and rebuilds it. New characters, new story. Uh, I initially would push back against this, and Mm -hmm. then I thought about it more, and I was like, yes, this could absolutely <laughs> work. Christopher Lloyd is still alive. You can still have him be part of this. And why wouldn't you? Re- you can certainly do a spin-off, not a reboot, a spin-off and make it happen. If he's going on all these different adventures, naturally uh, eventually Marty would get too old to go on these adventures. Who's going to go with him? Maybe there's a new kid who stumbles upon it. I go to back to Doctor Who. It's very correlative to Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Always finding a new companion and a new Doctor Who every time. But Christopher Lloyd is the commonality here. It could be the access with the DeLorean. The kid invents it, and then boom, runs into the into the doctor, and then they go on an adventure. Mm-hmm. And now you've got a new franchise. I think it'd be possible.
2: Yeah, and I think uh, I think Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis. I think they've said that as long as they're alive, Universal cannot remake that movie. Oh, good. Uh, I think remake because it? I, no, because I think they hold the rights to yeah. the movie itself. I think Universal is just a distributor. Um, but that being said, I sort of had the same feelings like you did mm-hmm. at first. I was like, I don't. I read the question. And I was like, <laughs> Ah, come on. What? Why? Why do I need to remake this for? <laughs> then I read it again, and I thought, well, he's not necessarily pitching a remake. Yeah. Pitching a continuation of that story. And we're kind of in a time right now where continuations of stories from the 70s and 80s is somewhat popular. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just had Mary Poppins. Halloween came out. Right. Star Wars, like all this stuff. And I'm, I'm, I agree. I'm not necessarily against a bringing in a new character to accompany company. Doc or Marty or somebody to sort of continue on the legacy of Back mm. to the Future. I think the challenge that you run into is how do you make it feel like it's part of the Back to the Future universe without just retreading what they already did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in 2015, I, I, I remember thinking like, man, it'd be so fun if Back to the Future, the new one came out, or BTF4, or BTTF4 mm. came out, and it was a new character going into 1985 and oh, like running yeah. into Marty, yes. who's also like time traveling, trying Oof. to you know, like so. There's all these things. That you could do that I think right. could be a lot of fun So I'm, I'm open to it I, You know I think Christopher Lloyd I believe he's in his Like 70s or 80s yeah. so I think most of this movie would be this new character Kind of like how Marty is in the first one he goes on this Venture alone mm-hmm. and runs into Into Doc Brown in, in certain in, uh, Previous years of his life right. So I think there's opportunities to do that and explore that And even setting a character on This journey by themselves mm-hmm. And like how does that affect Them without having somebody like Doc Brown Who do they meet along the way that is maybe equally science uh, a science nerd or maybe this new character isn't even into science he just stumbles upon it and he has to meet someone who is into time travel and all this sort of stuff and they go on an adventure together there's so many opportunities but I just wouldn't want them to simply remake the first one yep because I Agreed. think it would sort of betray the, the, the epicness and the fun and the majesty of the, of
0: the original trilogy. Totally agree, Adam. Absolutely. Let's move on to our last question, because this is a doozy. Uh, it's from Ian Lamb. It's an email. writes, Hello, Roka, an esteemed guest. Well, look, you esteemed. Well, look at that. <laughs> what do you think Episode 9's title, The Rise of Skywalker, means for the future of Rey? I believe what Luke and Yoda said in Episode 8 will especially ring true come this December. Jedi, as you know, it will be done, and the age of Skywalker will reign. Rey will not identify as a Jedi, but as a Skywalker, and if Kylo Ren is Deemed he will be the Jedi going forward, making the Jedi the anti-heroes. What do you two think, Adam?
2: Uh, I agree with this. We talked mm-hmm. about this on Hyper Heroes last week when celebration stuff was happening, and I think a lot of people were confused by the title, The Rise of Skywalker, thinking like, "Oh, is Luke is Luke going to come back? Right, right. Is Ray going to get adopted and become a Skywalker?" <laughs> no, I think Skywalker is going to be the evolution of what a Jedi is. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the new title that that this uh, that this group of warriors is going to adopt. And it's going to be a tribute to the Skywalker family for everything that they've contributed to the universe, yeah. good and bad. You know, you've got Luke and you've got Leia, uh, and and I think so. I think that's what that that's going to evolve into. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Ray accepting who she is, what she's become, where her training has really come from. It's come from Luke's. You know, training, however, you want to look at that training. Mm-hmm. But I think also it's going to come from the wisdom of Leia that she's gotten over the years of being with her while they've tried to rebuild the resistance to take on the First Order. Yeah. And in terms of Kylo Ren, yeah, I mean, maybe it's possible that the term Jedi, uh, the old thinking of what the Jedi is, will sort of become the anti hero because we don't really ever hear the term Sith in yeah. the new trilogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We only really hear them refer to Kylo Ren as a member of the First Order. So if Sith is sort of this like bygone, term or this era that is no longer in existence and that will maybe explore with Palpatine, I do think that Skywalker is going to be sort of the next level mm-hmm. evolution of what the Jedi character will become.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And, I, you know, seeing all these articles, oh, Kevin Smith... People were saying right after the panel was over, within an hour or two, that Skywalker may be the new Jedi. Mm-hmm. So please stop looking at these articles because yeah. all these other people came up with it. A lot of fans came up with it. We all had kind of, because we're, we're all analytical people yeah. who love Star Wars to pieces. So we all kind of figured out, oh, this could be this. That mm-hmm. would be awesome. And you're right, Adam, like the both good and bad, what Skywalker have contributed, there has to be a legacy here. You know, they say it's the end of the Skywalker legacy in terms of the family, but the idea of the Skywalker will still go forward, Absolutely. and I think that's a positive overall. I don't know that the Jedi will be uh, 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 Kylo, and then negative things mm-hmm. uh, we'll see. I am not in the Kylo Ren get redeemed, gets redeemed camp. I want him to die, uh, but we'll see how that plays out. Now, uh, this idea of the Grey Jedi, that's what I come back to, mm-hmm. right? They've never explored the Grey Jedi. Ahsoka Tano is essentially a Grey Jedi. It's these Jedi that are not necessarily adherent to what the Council tells them to do, but they're still good Jedi. They just kind of cross the line of what the Council thinks they should do, yes. and even uh, Qui Gon Jinn was a little bit of a gray Jedi. So this, what I think, is Skywalker is going to take that form of the gray Jedi because Ray, Ray will kill no problem for and, sure, and that is what you want is a new version of the Jedi, and that could be Skywalker. And I look forward to seeing what that is. That's what I think the future is for Ray. And who knows down the road if Daisy really comes back to this property because I don't. I think they're going to take a massive break from that particular storyline and maybe come back later as she gets older. I will say I kind of need it. I yeah. have gotten oh, a little yeah.
2: bit burned out by. Star Wars, and like as a massive Star Wars fan, that hurts to say. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing what they do next. Knights of the Old Republic, whatever it is, I would like to revisit Finn, Ray, Poe in some distant future, yeah. uh, and to see how the Skywalker has evolved and what it's brought to the galaxy and the universe. So, but I'm looking forward to this movie. Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm always looking forward to a new Star Wars, and I'm very curious to see how they wrap up this incredible three part trilogy.
0: Yep. And if you rise a Skywalker, logically, as they always said, there's something that rises up to counter it. So it'll be exciting to see what rises up yeah. to counter it. Maybe we'll see seeds of it in episode nine. Yeah. And we'll see. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching this nerdy and sweaty episode <laughs> of Collider Mailbag here on this lovely Saturday morning. I want to thank Adam Havak for stopping by. Thank yeah, you, thank Adam. Thank you. Thank
2: you for having me. Of I appreciate course. it.
0: Where can they find you and the stuff you do, brother? Uh, I'm all over social media just at my name, Adam Havick.
2: Watch Hyper Heroes every single week on Hyper RPG. We have this crazy video coming out called the Marvel Cinematic Universe Pre-Snap Recap where we do a 90-minute in depth recap of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, all the events, all the characters. It's wild, it's crazy. <laughs> Jump over. We also just relaunched our Patreon. You can check that out as nice. well. Uh, but thank you for having me. I really had, uh, had a good time
0: doing yeah, this. Yeah, YouTube. I loved your answers. As thank I you. said, Adam tells it to the straight, and he's a very analytical, and I <laughs> love that. Uh, you can follow me at The says on Twitter and on Instagram. And like I said at the beginning of the show, please always send your uh, questions to us when we put the call out on social media on Twitter and Instagram with the hashtag Collider Mailbag. Makes it easier to find. And if you don't like social media, email us mailbag at collider.com. Really been enjoying the questions, and thank you again for the compliments and the great words. As I've taken on this hosting role, seeing all the great words from all of you means a lot. Means we're going in the right direction, and I keep bringing on fantastic guests like Adam Laveck. That's the goal here. So, my thanks everybody. Yeah, my <laughs> man. Thanks everybody for watching. We'll see you. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday, and tune in tomorrow for a love another episode of Claudio Melbeck with the lovely Ashley Victoria Robinson. Orangutans, they're beautiful, playful, and majestic, and disappearing. Every day, as many as 20 orangutans vanish. They starve to death when their homes are destroyed, or are killed when they stray into villages in search of food. International Animal Rescue is fighting for the survival of the critically endangered orangutan. But we can't do it without you. Please visit internationalanimalrescue.org and help us save orangutans before it's too late. That's internationalanimalrescue.org. There's an underdog story happening today in America. Small businesses are fighting to make a comeback, but in the moment they have the least, they're giving the most. They're rallying communities and neighborhoods, yet asking for little in return. Well, it's time we gave back. Small Unites is making it simple for everyone to take action and support the small businesses that unite us all.
2: Find out how you can donate, shop, and share today at smallunites.org.